So it, it, you can't hide or lie your true purpose, like from expressing itself. It's it's going to manifest naturally. The trick is not resisting it, and that's the path and the focus one should have. Is like surrendering to the unknown constantly, not controlling it, not planning it. If you're surrendering, which a lot of times Yin is just like giving space, magic arises because then you can be led by the universe, God. Your higher power, your true self—you can hear it so much more clearly without all the noise in those yin times. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Permission to Become podcast. This is a podcast about Asian American women exploring their boundaries and permissions around self-discovery and personal empowerment. In this podcast, we will dive into the untold tales of Asian American women breaking out of who they should be and becoming who they truly are. My name is Joyce Bao, and I'm your host on this podcast. Hi everyone! Welcome back to another episode of the Permission to Become podcast. Today, I'm super excited to introduce our guest on this podcast, Anna Choi.、Uh, she is a conscious business coach, and she helps high-achieving conscious coaches,、um, consultants, and creatives to prevent burn- burnout and find inner peace,、uh, so that they can really magnify their presence and impact. So hi Anna, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Yes, great to be here. Yeah, so、uh, why don't you kind of share with the audience a little bit about who you are? I already did a short intro,、um, but I'd love to for them to hear from you、uh, about what you do and why you're excited to be here. Yes, so I am a conscious business energy coach, a TEDx speaker, and Forbes author, and I'm really here. My mission is to empower the next generation. Of global conscious leaders, and、uh, cause a tipping point in really elevating humanity's consciousness. So we we really serve and focus on the high achieving conscious coach, consultant, creative. In you know they're dealing with not having a solid morning routine. They're exhausted from these back to back Zoom meetings. They can't fit their workouts in, and they want to be able to better energetically align where they're headed. A lot of them are in transition to the next chapter of up leveling themselves and. Uh, how to fit all those pieces together? Of, you know, if they're a parent, they might be homeschooling, or the kids, or the many hats they wear. How to align that all up so that they can really grow with more flow?、Mm, oh, I love that grow with more flow.、Um, so, the term conscious coach or conscious business coach, it's, it's. I think it's the first time I came across across this term. So, I love for you to elaborate a little bit more. Like, what does that actually mean? Yes, so it's it's been an evolution. <laughs> People mostly know it as business coaches, right? And I'm like, well, I'm not just a business coach. I'm a coach for conscious businesses, right? And I'm a conscious, a conscious type of business coach, right? So it was a play on words initially that I heavily. You know, looked up the keywords on Google to see like what people actually call it,、um, and it was inspired by actually、uh, Fred. I'm good, Kaufman, I believe,、um, with LinkedIn, who who has the Conscious Business book, right? So I was like, okay, this is a term people can understand.、Um, 
And so it pertains both to both sides of, are you a conscious business? And most people either get it or they don't. They're like, oh, don't mean, do you mean like we're awake? Or not like that awake, <laughs> like spiritually awake, but like it, there is like an unconscious, right? Person versus conscious. And then, um, but people who are into social impact, who understand the quadruple bottom line, people planet profit presence, who, you know, typically have hybrid cars and shop with recycled bags, like they understand um, that term. So it's socially conscious. Conscious refers to spiritually conscious. Um, so you can, people take it in different ways. It can be social impact driven, you know, social justice. So um, all of those pertain to what conscious means. So it's a really broad spectrum, but it's essentially aligning to something broader or something greater um, in the process of building and creating a business. Uh, um, yes, it is just regular business coaching, right? Which is helping you grow your business and, you know, work out any blind spots that you have. But then it's also, I added energy in because especially during COVID, we were dealing with all these businesses were suddenly like totally upside down and have no money coming in, right? It was just a harsh situation. So we had done a couple studies and, you know, it was either cash flow or emotional resilience. Um, that was the biggest needs. And so I focused on the emotional resilience in our work side. And so that's where the energy work came in. And, and then obviously my background is, um, I guess we didn't say that in the beginning, but for the last five, six years, been on a very, very in-depth energy journey. So I've become now a certified Dawn energy master. I'm a martial artist training to get my black belt. And there's a lot of similar principles in the Tao and in um, the Bhagavad Gavita and all these, you know, ancient scriptures. So we blend that ancient wisdom with, you know, current brain education practices with business, like all together so that these, you know, entrepreneurs can really unleash their brilliance. That is the point. And um, very consciously. Oh, I love that. Unleash your brilliance by combining all the different practices that you have acquired or learned over the time and all these ancient wisdoms into business. So I really, really, it's fascinating. Um, I love to start with just you sharing a little bit about your upbringing as a Korean American and how you, how that kind of shaped who you had become and but I love to kind of just hear a little bit about your journey um, into later going on your spiritual path. Okay, so I was always the token Asian in typically all white communities, although I was born in Ohio. My parents were both born in Seoul, Korea and immigrated um, in college and met there. And so I'm second generation and uh, had a brief stint in Texas and then mostly grew up in Georgia and actually there was uh, half 20-30% of my class was actually black and then white and then I was like the one Asian <laughs> and uh, you know it's like one of those things where my best friend ended up being someone they paired us together in kindergarten and the teacher was like oh new girl you should go hang out with this other girl and I'm like she just pointing me out because we're both Asian. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And we became friends. But anyway, so uh, that's what it's been like. It's kind of come full circle. I'm now in Washington State and I was in Eastern Washington, which is like a whole different world than Western Washington. And I went to college at University of Washington and have been here since. That's where I met my husband. So uh, we used to have these huge Korean uh, gatherings to kind of feel, you know, 
feel that and and um lots of amazing faces. I'm kind of curious because um well I guess first it's it's interesting you mentioned you grew up in Ohio um not a lot of Asians and then now you're sort of really embracing your identity and creating these gatherings and bringing Korean Americans together and then there's the this other thread of um kind of um really taking an unconventional path where um you know typically i think asians sort of follow that becoming you know certain um motto minority stereotypes and I, you have really embraced your own path so i'm kind of curious like how did you find your path of you know studying art and then later doing martial martial art and um creating these content <laughs> just total part of, part of the stereotype <laughs> but yeah so i i totally fit into the model it's embarrassing right but it's like what do you do i played violin i was like a top scholar right? like you know i was a good kid all of that kind of stuff president of my school blah 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 but um my you know mom's whole side were doctors and my or nurses and my dad's side were all like ministers which is interesting and he actually broke out of the mold being a business person so i first broke out at least my dad would say in college where i had an opportunity to either go kind of that corporate route and make pretty good money right out or the entrepreneurial route which can be a very hard and windy road and i chose the entrepreneurial route when i double majored not just with art but with community environment and planning and it was like this self-governed, no-grade, project-only based, democratically run by the student. Very out there, right? Kind of major. But that's what I loved was that creativity to, um, that's like my first like entrepreneurial venture. We we did a, a inside-out leadership, right? So you can hear my mission was always present as far as empowering the next generation of leaders and it just took different forms. So at that point, I was just, you know, experimenting with what it was to be an entrepreneur. And we fundraised, I don't know, like 5,000 bucks to provide executive level leadership training for students at an affordable cost. So that was the first one. And then um, it really unfolded. I mean, I, I would just say I had venture after venture entrepreneurial wise. So as an art major, my, my next like actual first business was in financial planning and um, eventually branded into Inside Out Investing, where we're doing values-based, heart-based planning, focused on socially responsible, social impact kind of investing. Um, but that was like when it wasn't cool, nobody really knew about it. <laughs> you know, this was, am I that old? Like 20 years ago or 15 years ago? So <laughs> before the Great Recession um, of 2008. So anyway, that's, that's how that first business started. And then as far as spiritually... I, so I had grown up in, in the Christian church with my parents and in college was when I had like a big awakening and I uh, ended up leaving. I got like baptized three times <laughs> in case that wasn't enough. And, um, but it just like, I had started kind of teaching, I guess it's called the path mountain path theory, which there's like many paths to God, right? There's not like one single truth. And so that got out and I was a leader in the church. I was like, really, that was my whole life, my whole community, my whole, um, my music. Anyway, I got called in <laughs> to the office and they were like quizzing me on what I'm teaching in Bible study. And 
when they found out, she's like, oh, you, you kind of believe in the mountain theory. I was like, what's that? She's like, yeah, many paths to God. I was like, yes, yeah, totally it. She's like, we don't, you know, there's just one gospel, one truth. And I'm like, oh, right, 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 right. So I tried to stick around, but I was asked to step down from the leadership nonetheless. It felt like I was getting booted out, but I, I had my whole community there. So I wanted to stay and I tried my hardest and it just one day singing this worship, I just, I just couldn't, I didn't believe anymore in the way I did. I still loved Jesus and loved the community. And, you know, to this day, I honor support whatever one's path is. But um, I had to kind of pay, that's, that was the beginning, right, of my spiritual journey to really find what is my purpose if it's not this one sole thing. Um, anyway, and so I, I did that. And then, um, had some, I don't know, experiences you can't explain. <laughs> I love, I'll just love share one. Care about those. Just one, just one. So I'm, I'm on this Mediterranean cruise with my mom, right? And I wake up with this nightmare. I'm like, mom! She's like, she wakes up, she's like, what? And I'm like, Bluey, our betta fish, right? It was just me and my husband, or boyfriend at the time. I was like, he, he died. I just saw him jump out. She's like, oh, whatever, it's a, it's a weird nightmare. So I'm like, whatever. So we go back to sleep. In the morning, I wake up. I'm on the phone with my husband, and we're, like, checking in. And he says, yeah, babe, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this. I was like, no. Did Blue die? He's like, yeah. And I was like, was he to the right of his – how did you find him? Was he to the right of his little bowl? He's like, yeah. And I was like, was he like this? And I described the exact scene, right? He's like, yeah. And then I was like – figuring out when my when I woke up, right? I was like, was it about a few hours ago? And he's like, he, you know, he, and he's like, yeah. And it was just crazy because I'm in the middle of the Mediterranean while he's in Washington State. Like, you know, how is that possible? That doesn't make sense, right, um, at the time. And so I was just kind of creeped out at the time and like, how, what? We were just both like befuddled. But I know now it was like, oh, my light bottle, my light body traveled over there. But <laughs> at any rate, I didn't know that and um, started tuning in. And that's why I got an energy healer and I was on a path to ultimate truth. And um, right after leaving had uh, really like spent a year as a hermit looking for the ultimate truth only to find that like I couldn't find it at the time. And I was like, everybody just creates their own ultimate truth. That's the ultimate truth that there isn't one. I, I actually believe differently now, but Anyway, I just have been obsessed since then and have had a longing to, like, escape planet Earth and, you know, come home. But, like, we're here, so what do you do? And <laughs> and, and just finding, like, okay, which, which path is most aligned with my highest self while I'm here to serve the most people? And that has been the guiding light, the guiding principle through all the crazy ups and downs of life. That have happened and the unexpected yeah okay well there's so much to unpack there and it's, it's <laughs> kind of crazy like the series of events where you had that spiritual awakening in college and then you were really going deep down the path like teaching um and preaching like what you believed in and then you were turned down and and then had all this other kind of um uh events that we can't consciously in interpret what's happening. Um, and then you talked about like finding your purpose and, and then also finding the ultimate truth. Like 
what was that process like for you? And um, like, how do people even, you know, navigate something like this, right? Because I think in, in some sense, like we're all looking for it um, or deep down inside, we're looking for it, but a lot of people are too afraid or don't really know how to navigate um, that path. Um, not mentioning, you know, being a hermit for a year. Like that's very courageous. I'm just kind of curious, like, what was your process and um, how do you, how did you sort of navigate that process of, going into the unknown? Yes, the eternal question, right? How, how is it supposed to look? So I, um, you kind of asked a couple questions in there. One is how, like, how do people find their purpose? And then how did I, what was my path to that in the uncertainty? So I'll just quickly remark on that as far as finding one's purpose, it's it's asking the wrong question and it takes a long time to figure that out. You, you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> it'll come to you it'll it'll slap you upside the, house, the, the head with like a dramatic life incident that'll be your awakening or if you don't wait for an, a death illness or someone you love dying or something tragic then you know it could it could take the form of something more subtle that keeps calling your name haunts you keeps knocking at your door and you can't ignore it and every time you try to run away or go down a different path you know it pushes you that way um <laughs> so for me, that looked like getting fired multiple times from jobs because when I try to keep doing things and it's just not working out. Um, and, you know, part of it was I'm an entrepreneur, so I think my pioneering spirit wasn't exactly an asset to a company. <laughs> uh, but at the time, it was devastating. And, and at different times of the path, I mean, it's happened multiple times. Um it would be, that would be like a universe saying, nope, that's not, I, I know you think you want to go there because it's secure and you know how that's going to look, but that's not your path. And even if I pretended I wanted it, even deep down I knew it wasn't right or I was doing it for security, it, it wouldn't allow me. I mean, I, I really, we, people often can't say no to a golden handcuff job or whatever and so they wait and wait until they're so miserable it's like obvious and they get let go anyway right so it, it you can't hide or lie your true purpose like from expressing itself it's it's going to manifest naturally the trick is not resisting it and that's the path and the focus one should have is like surrendering it's 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 hard i know easier said than done it, it, i'm not an ace at this either but it's been more about surrendering to the unknown constantly, not controlling it, not planning it, not because um, every time I've even tried to do all those things, it never goes to plan. It it backfires. I get fired. Like I mean, it just doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, so it's like why bother or fret fretting about some? I'm not saying plans are bad, right? Like if you you know, know you want to pivot. A lot of my clients want to go from, it could be a corporate job to their first business or from a business that no longer serves them and it's a whole new business, right? But so then in those cases, you, you have a clarity and you need to kind of create some sort of transition plan. That's distinct from overall, like knowing um, kind of next step. And I've heard it from so many people now, but the, and I know I've lived it more as far as um, some, from someone who's a 
high achiever gotta know exactly what's gonna happen and go execute it and I'll go make it happen. Um, it falls flat and there's a moment where you're everything's perfect around you and it should be great and it's just not and you know it and it's like so deep and you just know it and so you have to go. And for me that was where I was at a business coaching conference. It was actually right before COVID and I've had multiple, multiple leaps in my life, right? But um, and he's just like, you're not, I spent like six months creating this perfect plan for the next year and my promo plan, all this stuff. And he's like, are you, are you inspired by this? And I wanted to say yes, but I just like shook my head. And then he looked, he asked the whole room of my peers, like, are any of you inspired by this plan? No one raised their hand. And I'm like, oh, dang it. It shows. Right. And then he's like, well, what does inspire you? And I shared about this passion I have in education, right? And um, for kids and impacting the next generation. And I lit up and I didn't realize I was lighting up, right? So those are, there's all these like signposts. It's, um, and he's like, who's inspired now? And everybody raised their hand. I'm like, oh crap. But I was resisting, right? I was like, I don't want to go down that path. What is, you know? So, I mean, just in that one story alone, right? There's, other people reflecting back like what's obvious to them that you can't see or won't admit that is your path that can point towards your purpose of how it's going to look and then there's the other aspect of okay you know i forgot exactly what i was going to bring up but the point is there's there's just signposts all along the way right and you can listening for them even if you're resisting them they'll come back. Oh, your natural passion. That's what I was going to say. Bubbling up. It was like embarrassing. Like I didn't even realize it was there as someone who's multi-passionate, you know, a lot of Renaissance souls out there. They can't discern like, yeah, I enjoy this. Like, I enjoy competitive playing violin, but it wasn't a passion. I knew that. So I couldn't go to Juilliard. I couldn't, I couldn't do all that, even though I could, because that would be a lie. Yeah. So the first question I have is you talk about resistance as the, um, like the the key to or or surrendering our resistance is the key to following the path but what is at the root of resistance because it seems like you on your journey it's like you knew um every and every transition you knew what your truth is but there's resistance like what is actually at the root and how can people actually work through that so that the it gets easier to release that resistance it's going to, I mean, it could take tons of different forms as far as the root of resistance. It's going to ask the wrong question. It's like, who cares? It's, it's going to be there. Like, <laughs> so it's going to manifest. Typically, I have found, this is not like the truth, but um, for myself, I have found it'll manifest as a feeling in your body or an unwanted pain or emotion. And so you can get to the root by simply allowing the feeling of the pain or the emotion. And I do this typically through meditation. Um, and this is all, these are not my ideas. This, this is what I've discovered through, it's called the Pajna meditation, where I meditate for a hundred hours in 10 days, um, 12 hours a day, just sitting. And you're not allowed to like talk to anybody or look at anybody and in that 12 hour days of meditation, you, th you get to see all the roots of your ego and its misery. And 
So when you're concentrating your head, then you just bring it back to feeling the sensation of your body. And whether it's a gross sensation of like a cramp or an itch or subtle, like warm molasses kind of flowing through, you just, I can't do justice. You should go check out, you know, their website to like get the true instruction. But for me, I would body, you know, your body scanning each part. And in that process of slowly, methodically, step-by-step step, going from the head, you know, head to your toes and being and feeling that emotion, it erases the root of resistance. And every thought becomes some, it manifests into something, into matter. Mind literally becomes matter, which I knew intellectually, didn't understand it until this retreat, then realized I experienced it. Like I was freaking out about COVID or something. <laughs> and I felt, it was crazy. I felt, because I was so focused on the body and the sensation, I felt the thought manifest like into like a little nerve and then crunch my back, my shoulder where I always have pain. And I've never connected that thought with that pain before. I was like, oh, it's because I work at the computer too much or because I overlifted or my weights or whatever. But it was so distinct. And I like was able to unravel all the knots in my back. It was wild. Um, by simply feeling and allowing, it's hard to do, but you have to train. But yeah, anyone can do it. Mm, so it almost sounded like um, it's a purification process of like getting close to where the, yeah, like these knots and tensions are um, in our body connecting to the emotions and then using this meditative process to kind of like purify these impurities in the body so that then in, in a way resistance is like, is what's what the impurities are holding on yes. to. Well said, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah, I think that's really powerful. Um, and maybe for beginners, um, it's just starting with a daily meditative practice and like probably a beginner cannot build up to a hundred hours. No of, one can. That's why it's designed like people, it's, I think it's, it's just dhamma.org, D-H-A-M-M-A.org. It's completely donation-based. It's just wild to me because they feed you and house you for 10 days, right? For free. <laughs> um, but they want it to be pure, like not commercial. So I was really also impressed with that model, which impacted how I ran my business. But anyway, um, that's there's tons of talks, instruction. I do highly recommend that program. It's free. It's donation-based. And um, you will learn the technique. And I know it took me 20 years to get there. I was like, I can't give 10 days. Heck no, I got a kid. Child care. But it's... It, it, I just wish, I was like, oh, if I had done this like 20 years ago, this would have made a huge difference. Because you find, I found inner peace. Like, me having goals and craving and longing to leave planet Earth. Like, that's craving and longing. And then there's, we're always in aversions, averting, avoiding something or craving something. And that's where the misery lies, right? Because once you are craving something, you're attracted, you're desiring it. Then once you attain it, you have to protect it or you're afraid you're going to lose it. And that's where the misery comes. Likewise, on the other end, if you're avoiding it, I can't be around those people. They're not high conscious enough or whatever, right? Then you're avoiding things 
for me, it's like, I can't feel social media or it's not conscious enough, right? But that's not, I'm in the energy of aversion. So you have to be with what is and then stay equanimous, right? Stay calm and alert while unattached, but still feeling. You can still have pleasure. I yeah. It sounds like an in, inner martial artistry. Yes. Yeah, it is. It totally. That's a great. Oh, I love that. That's really well said. <laughs> so this kind of brings me to this other question I have based on what you mentioned, which is you talked about not having control and almost releasing the plan. And I, I guess I find it contradictory with the fact that we have free will and and we are told to follow our dreams, to follow our desires, to have a goal, right? We're all talking about goals these days in businesses, at work, in our personal lives. Like set a goal, create a plan, and then achieve. So how does that work with the process of surrendering and following the path? If on one hand, we're told that, you know, we, sh we should have a goal, we should have a plan and take action every day. But then on the other hand, it's like, just surrender. Like, how do you balance the two? Very, very good. I grappled and had to really explore that one. So if you think of goals like yang energy, right? And surrendering is yin energy. You can't focus on just one or the other. It breaks down. You have to have both. They have to unify and harmonize together. But mostly in our culture, at least the Western Euro world, it is so yangified. We have to really go far on the yin side to even attempt to balance out the yang. So as far as goals go, they're not bad. You don't need to avoid them. They just have a time and a place. They don't need to be like, go, 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 go all the time, all the time of your day. Like, in my time off, I still got goals. You know, in COVID, we had all this time off, quote, unquote. But people are like, now I'm going to write a book. Now I'm going to start a podcast. Now I'm going to, like, all these goals, like, suddenly they were driven again and kind of in a new hustle and grind that looked quieter, you know? So it's, if you're surrendering, which a lot of times yin is just, like, giving space, creating space for nothing, for creativity, to take a walk, take a vacation for long term, don't talk to people, detox from the freaking media, from being online, magic arises because then you can be led by the universe, God, your higher power, your true self. You can hear it so much more clearly without all the noise in those yin times. Then it gives you the next step, which you then go into yang mode and you go after that quote unquote goal or next step. And you have to wait again. It's really annoying. So it's like this <laughs> this pulse, ebb and flow. But that's how nature is. Our heart beats and ebb, the ocean waves ebbs and flows. We just have gotten into like this flow, 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 flow instead of letting it ebb. And so if we, you know, think of like the spiral and growth, it's, it's going around. It feels like you're taking a step forward and then three steps back, but then a step forward. Like, and you can't see that it's growing, but it is. Likewise, in life, if we surrender by giving these yin spaces for it to naturally rise we get inspired we see where to go we take that one crazy step often right and then something opens up and my good friend and colleague he did a text talk on this but he was like how do you know when the signposts are right and i think it's worth mentioning he's like 
all the doors will start opening, right? There was like, there'll be affirmation from other people around you that were like, duh, even though it's blind to you, you know, or it keeps haunting at you. Those are kind of like three ways to, to know that you're down the right path. Um, once you take the leap. Oof. Mentioned so many buzzwords there, magic, big, taking the big leap. Um, so to follow up on that, I think the first question I have is, I, I like how you meant, like, it's all coming back to what you said at the beginning, which is like grow and flow, which is what you're helping people with. Um, but when, and when it comes to um, making space for both the yang and the yang in one's life, um, how do you fit it into your schedule or your day, whether it's on a daily basis or it's more seasonally? Like, how do you weave in this yang and yang cycle in your life? Yes, yes. So we have like this little acronym called ALIVE that I, I teach my clients, right? A-L-I-V-E. So A is allow more yin to your yang. Um, and so I'll just touch on a couple of them right now that pertain to this question. But um, you can look at adding more yin time on an annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily basis. And so on an annual basis, you would look at where are your vacations? Like that's first, not last, not when you have time. So looking at the whole year and I have to look at my kids, you know, school schedule and my husband's schedule. What, you know, we're going to take every whole February remote work. So it's not exactly vacation, but it's definitely a different pace to go snowbird, right? Or you, you know, if you're a mom, you might look at, okay, summer break, you're gonna take a little more breaks during that time. Winter break is already built in, and then there's the other winter break in February, spring break. So they're kind of, school kind of tells you what to do. But if you're homeschooling, like I had been, you can kind of dictate that. But at any rate, so you plot that in on an annual basis. And then on a quarterly basis, take retreat, right? We have our own like yin within retreats where we replenish, recharge, and replan for the next 90 days. Um, so there's tons of retreats, so you can do any of them. Uh, some some sort of, you don't have to do it communally, but I find that's easier, otherwise I don't do it if it's by myself. And then on a weekly basis, you take a day off, take the Sunday offlines, right? Um, go hiking, go into nature. And then on a daily basis, which speaks more to the eye of alive, invest in you first. It's really critical to daily have a solid morning routine. And you can have that yin time. So I have like 5 to 7 a.m. Super critical. I do my hour meditation. And then I do a bunch of other spiritual practices. And then I do another hour in the evening. Um, I did not meditate that much before that Rupa <laughs> retreat. But anyway, now I have to. But um, anyway, so you can create whatever morning routine that makes sense. And then um, I will speak to the E of a live energizer daily flow, which is about moving throughout the day because we sit too much. So that's a lot of yin time because we are overworking our brains. Because people think they're taking downtime when they're perusing Facebook or Instagram or whatever, or looking at a movie. It's ingesting so much info or listening to the news. All that stuff is like more work for your brain. I'm talking like, like, when you do push up, you're not thinking much, right? You're like, oh my God, my body. But at least you're in your body and you're embodying it. So that's the the other principle, right? Of energizing, embodying um, that is important to give not just your brain a break, but gives that yin structure time. 
Mm, oh my gosh, I love this. What is what is your acronym? The Alive Model uh, A. What is it? The H- L. So I said for? the A I E, but the L. So A is allow more yin to your yang. L is listening within. That's about intuitive guidance and discerning the voices inside. And then in your decision making, most people are super uh, wasting and draining energy through indecision. And then I is invest in you first. And that's the solid morning routine. V is value your fears. That's like the shadow emotion work. And then E is energizing your daily flow, which is like the moving meditations, the embodiment work. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Wow. That's this our is, program. I feel, like this is, yeah, I feel like this is the formula for how to live aligned and I guess conscious. Yes. Um, one's life this is so there's so many success stories that are amazing like a client you know they're freaking hustle and grind is real right and she's an insurance health insurance agent so it it was like um tax time you know during open enrollment periods for them and she just assumes i'm not gonna have any time and so first thing we do is block in her vacation she hadn't taken a while but she knew that she had that to look forward to and then we like looked at her week and figured out when she was coming in and it wasn't like the nine to five. That just doesn't work for a lot of people. We kind of did a double header, like long Thursday night, but then she could sleep in and come in late on a Friday. Like we ranged it to her natural flow and rhythm. And then um, in the middle of the heavy season, she walks down in the lobby and she's hanging up a flyer because she's in a freaking chorus. Cause she has time during her busy season to go be in a chorus, right? And her competitor walks up and is like, "Are you still in business?" She's like, "Yeah," and she's in shock. She's like, "That's impossible! You can't be like." She doesn't say all this, but she's thinking like, "How are you able to?" Right? And uh, she's just like, "Oh, my business coach, right?" So it's just it's totally possible. In however hectic, you know, I've worked with people with two seven figure businesses as CEOs and they make the most clients when they're on vacation, right? It's totally, totally possible. And it's just these sometimes minor tweaks that we make with these high achievers and performers that like opens a whole different world, whole different grounding throughout the day. Yeah, I I love that. And you take basically your clients through this model that you have created so that instead of constantly hustling, they actually have more space and are doing, achieving more by doing less. Well, this is, this is super helpful. And I, I think even just your, what you walk through with setting time annually, quarterly, weekly, daily to kind of add that space is something simple for anyone to, to implement, whether they're business creators or they're working a nine to five, like this just actually just sounds like a very simplified model. Yes. They're universal principles mm-hmm. that can work for anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I do have sort of the last piece of the story I want to unpack. And I, I think this will be, uh, could be interesting for the listeners as well. Um, so you mentioned like taking the big leap and your life had a lot of twists and turns and you navigated a lot of, transitions where it's like it's almost like you're driving one direction and then life throws a curveball and you have to kind of pivot um (laughs) and I think in 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 2020 like a lot of people face those 
they had they were forced into pivots right and for people who are new to it it's like completely you know deer in headline you're like what do i do so i'm curious like in your process like how do you like you know we just talked about like the rhythm and the planning and that all sounds like nice and smooth and comfortable but what happens when you feel called or you receive the message that you have to make a huge life transition and pivot and what can one do to kind of prepare themselves or be ready when that happens yeah well no one will know when it happens right sometimes so there's kind of two situations you named so what do you do when life just lifes you and like the pandemic what are ways to is it make that transition or deal with it? And there's kind of two different things, right? Um, so you can find the peace in the chaos, right? I've got a TEDx talk on this. Um, stop trying to control the chaos by, you know, people have different relationships to it. They might fix it. Okay, let's just, you know, SWAT this, SWAT analysis this. <laughs> or, or they might, um, avoid it or ignore it or deny it but stop quit like resisting it whatever form of resistance you're doing just just let it be because chaos is even a created made-up term right i mean what's happening is just happening and everything's uncertain always has been but sometimes it's more in our face so for those that it unexpectedly happens all there is to do is to like allow it like you're, you kind of do nothing with it but that's the work is to do nothing with it because our survival brain and ego is going to want to like do something with it you know research and plan and argue and find your viewpoint on it right especially with covid and all the different like things constantly changing um anyway so that's one thing is to just do nothing <laughs> but and, and allow it and then there, from there, you can find some inner peace using, you know, the alive principles um, and really tuning in. It's such an opportunity. If you can learn to look at those times as gifts, gifts from the universe, signposts, like wonderful opportunities. I know it doesn't feel like that in the moment. You're like, F this, but later, not even later, but if you can might it still suck and feel sucky but like no okay this could be an opportunity <laughs> let me practice right now right and there's you know so many ways you know through breath work or meditation or what have you that you can then find an equanimous place to be no matter what's happening around you that's true freedom and true liberation it's not the circumstance turning out the way you want it there can be misery there too, right? Because sometimes chaos for people is the good stuff. It's the, we're growing so fast. We have, you know, too many people on our team. Like, but then that's miserable too because they're still in the hustle and grind in a different way. So it's all the same. So anyway, if you can learn to just be that ocean as the waves are crashing above you, then that, that's one, that's a huge goal, so to speak, that you can practice. And then for those in the second scenario of you can plan it more, you're not going to wait, the crisis hasn't come yet or you don't want it to come and you're about to make the leap, you know, that's 
a lot of what we do with our clients as far as, okay, it's three main parts. Like where are you headed? And a lot of people are scared and freaked out by their vision. They don't know, but we help, you know, there's guided visualizations you can do in, in exercises. And then where are you now? And really honestly assessing that is confronting, right? If we're talking about cash flow, okay, I want to head on my own. Well, great, how much money do you need? I don't know. Uh, we look at that and then there's the gap and the next steps. And by um, tuning in, you know, that second alive principle of listening within, there's ways you can navigate the little micro decisions of what's my best next step to take. And um, briefly what that looks like is if you think of three advisors of your intuition, your rational logic mind, and fear or your emotion. If you get a yes from intuition and the logic, but a hell no from your fear, which is often what happens in a leap, it's going to be a yes, yes, hell no. That's a super indicator, right? This is based off Brian Whitaker's book, Yes, Yes, Hell No, that you can, it's actually a yes. You're about to break through to like another level, another glass ceiling. Interesting. So you're saying that if we get a hell no from the fear, it's actually an indication of we should totally- It has to be a yes, yes, hell no. If it's, it's a no, 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 don't do it. Okay. If it's a yes, no, no, like yes from intuition, no, no, I still might proceed because I've learned the intuitions like the, it, it's weighted more. It's more like the CEO of the advisors <laughs> than the logic, but the logic should support it. So ideally it's, it's, a, it's, you move forward if it's a yes, 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 or a yes, uh, yes, hell no. Or sometimes I move forward still if it's a yes, no, no, but right. Anyway. Wow. This is such a simple, a powerful tool and yeah, and I feel like you've just showered us with all your gifts in this sort of mini masterclass with all the little tools and takeaways. So thank you so much for imparting your wisdom. And as we are wrapping up, um, how can the audience just learn more um, about you or how can they get in touch with you to learn about what you do and how you can help best help others? Yes. You can just visit our website, www.annasunchoi.com, A-N-N-A-S-U-N-C-H-O-I.com forward slash free, F-R-E-E. And I would love to um, gift you and all the listeners a uh, energy power checklist. And this is a very simple assessment in a Google spreadsheet, right, that you can take to see from the mind, body, heart, and soul level, which energy center are you most powered up? or depleted in. And so you can find out what's zapping your energy, where can you pour more in and replenish, and what are the best habits that can get you there on this tool. So from there, you can learn more about our Waiver Energy TV YouTube channel where you have lots of free videos, and we have a free community online of conscious entrepreneurs as well that you can connect with others. Wow, that sounds amazing and so generous of you. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for taking the time for being on this podcast. You are welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for listening to the Permission to Become podcast. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. I'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So feel free to email me at permissiontobecome at gmail.com.